Hello everybody, welcome to the Metal Hammer podcast, it is episode 168, I am Mel from Metal Hammer, hello to you, thanks as always for joining us, thank you also to Conjurer for providing us that excellent theme that you always hear at the top of the show, Uh, we've got a great episode coming up for you this week, but before we get on with that, it is of course my job to remind you that we have a fantastic issue of Metal Hammer magazine that is out Right now, it's celebrating 10 years, a whole decade of baby metal. You can get that issue in shops across the UK. It's on sale for about another week or so. Uh, Or you can get it delivered straight to your door from tinyurl.com slash gethammer. As I say, that issue's on sale for about another week in stores. And then we reveal our big new issue on next week's show. It is an absolute doozy. One of the biggest issues of Metal Hammer this year. Easily, absolutely no doubt about it. You'll see what I mean when we get to next week's show. Uh, we sold out of Gajira bundles this week as well, so thank you to everyone who picked up one of those. I've been seeing you all tweeting us with your photos of the signed Gajira lyric sheets. Awesome to see. We appreciate your support. Uh, and even though those bundles have sold out, we will be doing more bundles with other bands as the year progresses. So keep an eye out on the Metal Hammer website and, of course, our social media channels for more news of that. Uh, I should also give a big old shout out to our wonderful sponsors, the one and only Killstar, who are one of the world's leading alternative fashion brands. They have a brilliant range of clothing, shoes, accessories and lifestyle items for all genders. Uh, And if you think yourself a metalhead, a goth, a punk, someone who just loves alternative fashion and accessories, it is the site for you. And Metal Hammer podcast listeners can get an exclusive discount off of Killstar items. All you have to do to activate that is sign up to the Killstar newsletter. You'll get a 10% discount off your next purchase and you'll be entered into a draw to win a £100 gift card. Uh, to claim your discount and be entered into that draw, all you have to do is visit killstar.com slash pages slash metal pods. Enter your details there and you'll be sent a code for the discount that will expire after 30 days. Uh, they've got t-shirts, dresses, shoes, pin badges, beanies, sunglasses, Anything and anything, anything and everything uh, you can think of, it's all on there. Keep yourself out for summer. I know it doesn't feel like summer at the moment. The heavens have absolutely opened on us here in the UK. Uh, But there's plenty more months of summer left, so keep yourself out with some new clobber and other things. So go over to killstar.com slash pages slash metalpod now to do all of that. Uh, And if you're entering from the US of Europe, uh, you can also access the page by adding US dot or EU dot at the start of that address. And if you win the prize draw, it will be for a $100 or €100 Euro gift card as is appropriate to your territory. And you can do all of that until July 2nd at the moment. So you're kind of running out of time. You've got a couple more weeks or so to get on that. Uh, so it's killstar.com slash pages slash metal pods to get in on all the lovely Killstar action. Uh, For this week's show, I'm chatting to the legend, the one and only Mr. Benji Webb from Skindred. Uh, Skindred are playing the main stage of Download Pilot this weekend. So me and Benji have a chat about all of that. He's very excited to get back on stage and I think that is comfortably going to be one of the sets of the weekend. Uh, Me and Benji also talk about how he found lockdown. He did not find it easy. It's pretty safe to say. Uh, He discusses what sparked him into getting into fitness and changing his lifestyle for the better. We also talk about he returned to Earache Records with Skindred over 20 years after first signing for them with Dub War. Uh, We talk about why Roots Rock Right was such a pivotal album for Skindred as they uh, re-released it a few months back. Uh, We talk texting David Draymond. We talk about the immense new collaborative project he's working on. There's loads of stuff in there. 
there. It's a great chat. Benji's always good value, and this was definitely no exception. Uh, so without further ado, let's throw to that right now. This is me and Benji recorded earlier today. All right, I'm here with Benji from Skindred. How are you doing, sir? I'm on top form, bro. I'm on top form. Definitely in the winning part. Yeah, not that much. <laughs> good to know, good to know. Uh, I don't feel like Metal Hammer have properly caught up with Skin Dreads in a while. How's the pandemic been for you generally? In all honesty, I'll tell you what, it's been terrifying, man. I mean, at the beginning, you know, when, you, I mean, when you're so used to leaving your house for like eight months of a year, and then all of a sudden you've got to stay home. It's a wonder that my girlfriend ain't, ain't under the fucking patio. You know what I'm saying? Because... <laughs> I've been around, I love her to death, and I've been with her for 10 years, but to spend like actual 18 months with her, it's been a very testing time. That alone's been testing, but you know what? I didn't end up on a set E once, so I'm quite proud of that. That's good going, that's good going. Yeah. I mean, Skin Dread so. are obviously such an electric live band, and you and the boys always come across as genuinely enjoying every single show you ever play. Yeah. Um, has, it, has it been really tough for you just not being able to get on a stage in all this time? Well, I think, well, the saving grace for me is that um, we've been writing a lot of music. Um, with your first album, the very first album you write and record, you've got all your life to write that record, you know? And after that, if you sign a record deal, you've got six months. Every record is like six months. You've got to write it. You've got to tour for two years. Then you've got four or five months to write the album. So what I found with this, as much as it's been a, a curse, it's been a blessing for me to be creative, you know, with, with uh, Skin Dread. We've written like, I think it's, to date, we've written like 40 songs for the next record, you know? So we're, wow. we're, we're in a great place. I mean, when I say 40 songs, uh, I'm not talking about little bits and pieces. Full, finished, sounding, banging, waiting for a producer to come and fucking spoil our fun. You know, that kind of thing. That's pretty amazing. Well, it's good that you've been... Uh been uh, managed to stay productive through it all and even kind of on the I guess the the PR side of stuff there's still been stuff going on for Skin Dreads on that front as well you released a reissue of Roots What Riot in February um, it's the first time that album had actually been on vinyl as well which is really cool uh, yeah. does that album have a special place for Skin Dreads? Yeah I mean for me Roots Rock Riot was the album that um, after because if, if you know the history of the band when the band first started, me and Dan Pugsley started the band and we, we had members from Dub War in the band. And then obviously like through bullshit and all that, they left the band and then we met Mike and Ari and they joined. So for me, I was very nervous about recording um, some, some of the new songs on, on with Roots Rock Right because I'd worked, I'd worked with them guys for so long with Dub War. Having new blood in the band was a bit, you know, freaky, but... And it took me a minute to get into it, but I thought after a while, I mean, when I listen back to the album, I hear now how, how we actually fucking delivered the goods on that record. So it's definitely got a special place in my album just for the victory that we had through that, you know? Yeah, it's a class record for sure. I mean, do, do you care much for nostalgia in general when it comes to reissues and celebrating your past and all that kind of stuff? Or well, for the most part, is it very much all eyes on the road ahead for you? Well, I do enjoy the road ahead, but I know I always remember in order to get to the road ahead, I've got to look behind me and see what I've done. You know what I mean? And try not to make the same mistakes, which is quite difficult, especially in rock and roll. Um, but um, I, I've, I, I'm definitely a man that draws on the past, but looks forward to the future. Very, very reasonable. Um, in March, you signed with Earache Records, which is really cool. Obviously a legendary metal label, uh, especially here in the UK. 
Um, but I guess for you, it's almost something of a homecoming because you actually signed to Earache back in the 90s with Dub War. So how did yeah. Earache end up getting back on the scene with Skin Dread this time? I think, you know, um, one thing for me, I mean, I, I, I can only speak for myself, but one thing for me, when I hear that Eric um, were, were, were after, after Skin Dread, I was quite surprised in a way. I know Digby from when I was a kid, and Digby, if Digby's into you, he's really into you, and he, like, he give Dubois the best shot he could possibly give us, you know? I mean, the band fell apart due to politics and bollocks, but Digby's heart was right from way back then, you know? And there was a lot of things that I said in the press about Earache Records and Digby. But I think when you grow, as you grow older, you sort of realize what you had, you know. And I look back now and, I, and, I just, and when I look back at uh, Dub War through Earaches, I, I just see nothing but a great time. And when they came around and said, you know, we'd like to sign Skin Dread, I, I personally, I jumped at the opportunity because I know that the, after going through all fucking loads of shit with different labels after Earache, and seeing what a label's like that sort of likes you. When, you. when you're with a label that actually do love you, it's a special thing. And um, I, think, I, think, I really do think that um, Ewig are going to do great things with Skin Dread. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. So it's a multi-album deal as well, isn't it? So they're obviously here yeah. in the long, for the long haul. Yeah, yeah we've, written a, we've written a bunch of songs. And um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to get in the studio and kick each other's head in and deliver this Ewig record. And I say kick, is that kick, kick each other's head in because that's what fucking happens. Yeah, <laughs> sure, of course. You know, I mean, um, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of bloody noses and black eyes to get to the record finish. Sure, fair, fair. Um, I mean, the first time round with Double Earache were obviously a label built on kind of a string of iconic extreme metal releases in the 80s and 90s, like Napalm Death, Carcass, Morbid Angel, Entomb, the list goes on. Um, was there a lot of surprise at the time when you first joined the label back then? Was it a lot of was it surprise to us back then? Was there kind of I guess surprise around the scene, just surprise in general when Eric well, picked up Dub War? Well, I'll be honest with you. At the time when Eric was coming around, we had a lot of vampires creeping around us. Like we had, I think it was um, a, a few different labels from London, and they were taking us to dinner and they were visiting Wales. And then um, it, it's funny because we had like six or seven meetings with labels, and they they'd actually come. To Wales, and it's very rarely when a label comes to Wales, you know they're serious. And um, it just went quiet for a while. And I mean, the phone stopped ringing for a minute. And um, Digby showed up, and he took us for dinner and told us his heart. I mean, I know, in all honesty, bands like Morbid Angel and, and, and Carcass, I never fucking heard of them, mate. As far as I was concerned, I was in a, I was in an alternative reggae rock band, you know. So when when we started, when we when we signed to Eric. It's only that's when I started touring with bands like um, Downset, Doggy Dog, and, and it sort of pushed us Biohazard, you know, and um, that sort of, and Sepultura, and that's what made the band sort of change direction because we were being heavily influenced by a lot of the rock bands or a lot of the metal bands on Eric, you know, and we thought, oh, we've got to sound like that in order to, we never really had to, but, you know, I think we were inspired by a lot of them great bands that were on Eric after we signed. That's fair. I mean, it's obviously a very different animal now, Earache. Um, you know, it still has a lot of those kind of bands around the sphere, but it also does a lot of work with kind of, I guess you could call them like modern classic rock bands like Rival Sons and Temperance Movement, Black Free Smoke, all those guys. So does it feel like wherever kind of Dub War and Skin Dread have turned up on a label, they're always kind of the odd kids oh, out mate, because you know like, there's no we one are, like you, really. We, listen, from day one, we've always been the fucking weird kid in the class. No matter what class we're in, we're the strange kids. 
You know, we're the ones with, with, with nail varnish on when no one else is wearing them. You know, we're, that, we're never going to fit in. And in all honesty, I'm, I've come to the understanding that I'm quite happy to, to, to chop my way through the jungle and make my own, make my own way, you know? We're never going to fit in. We're always going to be the band's band. People like us, people don't. But I never gravitate to those who don't. I just, I just look for those who do, you know? Yeah, and of course. Yeah, I, I, been... I, just, I, just, I just feel like um, we're, we're never going to fit in. We're never, ever going to fit in, you know? But, you know, one thing that we do, well, the way we do fit in is that we fucking rock every time we play, you know, whether we play with Mob Dejo or whether we play with Gorgo Bordello or Disturbed. People walk out of that venue saying, I love Disturbed, but that fucking support band, I remember them. You know, and that's what, that's, I think that that's what you've got to do. And I'll be honest with you, whether I'm in a pub in front of fucking six, six, six people, the security's guards and the bar staff and one man and his dog, I'm going to be playing for me like I would be playing a download in front of 80,000 people. There's no difference. A concert, a show, a pub, no matter what it is, as far as I'm concerned, I'm doing this for me first and foremost. If you get it, cool. If you don't, fuck you. But I'm doing it for me. And I know when I leave the stage, I'm whether, like I said, whether it's in a bar in Sheffield or in the fucking festival, like, you know, I'm leaving that place knowing that I've done the best that I can do, you know, and that's what, that's what makes us keep winning. Of course, it's, quite, it's what you got to do. It's what you got to do. You got because you're not doing so. it for yourself. I mean, it's... Especially when there's no hype and there's no like sort of big support from radio or TV and all that. The best thing a band can do is just learn their skills like an old school punk band and become masters of of, their, of what they do. And I think when you are strong, a, a great live act, no matter whether people like you or they don't. I think what happens is people know and they respect the, the power of your live show. And I think that's what's important more than any hype from a magazine or anything. Are there any bands that you've ever felt a certain kind of kinship with? Obviously, musically, you've always set apart, but are there any bands through the years that you've kind of just felt a certain affinity with just because fellow outcasts, fellow underdogs, you know, um, or just great tour mates? No, I, I, there's a lot of great tour mates. I mean, like there's, there's uh, Papa Roach, they're really good people to tour with. You know, they've always showed us nothing but love. We'd actually got uh, Jacoby on, on one of our uh, more, more known songs, which is Warning. He sang that with us. Uh, Disturbed, absolute gentlemen. They, they've, I've known, it's funny because the first time Disturbed ever played in London, they played in uh, the Astoria downstairs. And we opened up, we, 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 we supported Disturbed that night. Um, we've just remained friends ever since. You know, I'm, I think me and David share the same birthday and he always wishes me happy birthday. Yeah, so there's some really great bands out there that I wish them well. And I know that they may be doing better than us, but as in like, you know, getting the radio song and all that bollocks, but there's some really cool people out there that I've been fortunate to hang with and to, and, and to be inspired by. That's awesome. Does David Draymond still text in capitals? Because I remember when he was on Twitter, that was yes, his thing. Yes, he does. Yes, he, <laughs> I think he does it on purpose now. He does it on purpose. He's like, fuck you all. I'm shouting constantly. Of course, he knows. He knows exactly what he's doing. That's why I love oh, it. David, David's um, a smart guy, man. Yeah, no doubt about it at all. Uh, when you signed the new Earache deal, uh, each member of the band signed a contract at a different independent music venue around the UK, which I thought was a really cool touch. Um, why was it important for you to do that, especially in the current climate? Well, I, you know, I mean, pubs are shut all the time, and I just wanted. Well, we spoke about it, and we just felt like it would be very good if we can go to the bars and let the people know that these clubs around, these small independent places are still struggling to be alive, you know? And we thought by signing it, 
it would give the club some attention and you know help in some sort of way you know yeah it was really cool to see um, I mean, when you look at the list of venues there as well, you've got Le Pub in uh, Newport, uh, the Louisiana in Bristol, the Black Heart in London, the Green Door Store in Brighton. I mean, I can obviously imagine why a Newport venue was important, but was there a particular reason behind choosing the other three? I think every one of us chose a local venue that we dig and we, and we support. So obviously Dan from Bristol, he's a, the, 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 that, that place there and Mikey, every one of them, uh, they feel the same as I do about, about Le Pub. The first show Skindred ever played was in Le Pub, you know? <laughs> that was October the 8th, 90, in the year 2000, yeah. October the 8th, year 2000, we played our first show in Le Pub. It's pretty amazing. Um, one of the things I was pretty delighted to read about fairly recently, even though it's something you've been doing for a while, is uh, something else that's obviously really important to you as animals. Um, and I was delighted to find out that you're a presenter on a BBC show called Give a Dog a Home. Yeah, um, that which was tries to find new homes for rescue animals. How did you end up getting involved in that? Dude, you know what? They offered me a shitload of money and I said, fuck yeah. Even if it was selling elephants, I'd have been there, you know? No, I'm fucking <laughs> <laughs> No, I, you know, I've always, as a, since I was a child, when I've had a dog, it's always a rescue dog or a dog that I found, which was a scruffy little shit that was hanging around the streets. I had a dog called Computer once. He was absolutely amazing. Very clever dog. <laughs> when they offered me the um, thing and I think, I thought about it, and there's so and there's so much we don't know. It's just like being a dog owner. When you actually when you start working with a uh, with a rescue home, you realise how much work goes into it. And it was it was very insightful for me as a as, as a, a dog lover, you know. And it was it was great fun. Yeah, it looks like an amazing experience. I'm sure. Um, we've obviously got download pilot coming up this weekend. Really exciting. You know, a month ago we didn't know if we'd get any festivals know, this maybe. summer, and now there's suddenly one right here. Um, is this going to be the first Skindred show since the start of the pandemic? We have not been on stage in 18 months. Wow. Um, yeah, when did you first find out that this festival might be happening? A week ago. A week ago. They always <laughs> tell me last because i got the biggest fucking mouth. Like, you know, so I'll be on computer telling every cunt. You know what I mean? So I'm the last to know. So I found out a week ago. But I tell you what, I was getting to the stage, you know, as much as I've been loving writing at home and going back and forth on Zoom with the band, writing these amazing new songs. Uh, definitely, I, I've been definitely feeling the pinch inside from that. Because, I mean, like, I, I'm a show-off, bro. I'm a fucking entertainer. I'm a fucking class clown. And you, when a class clown ain't got no one to clown with, he's pretty fucking down. You know, and that's, that's what I was getting. The only thing that was getting me through this thing was writing with the band at home and also, like, you know, um, exercise, going, making sure. Because I've never really been one for exercising, but... When they shut the gyms, I bought myself a bicycle and I was riding like 20 miles a day and keep, keeping myself mentally because, you know, we all get down and I, I'm one who really gets down. As much as you see me up there, I get as, as high as I get, as low, I do get low. I don't try to, sh I don't show it, but I do definitely feel that pinch a lot. So the exercise really helped me. So I, I'm buzzing the fuck to get on that stage, you know, at download now. I'm surprised this, you, that you say you've never been one for exercise because you've always just been such a high energy front man. Yeah, that seems like the kind of thing. I was just putting on fucking pounds and pounds and pounds, mate. What happened was, right, I was touring the fuck all through the summer and every night after I come off stage, I was drinking like 12 cans of fucking lager and the 12 inch pizza, you know, and that's going to stick to you. So I'm running around on stage and burning it, but it just wasn't going anywhere. I was just getting bigger and bigger. And my son looked at me the one day and he said, Dad, you're a fat fuck, man. Sort it out, right? <laughs> you know? And I, and I played it off like, fuck you, you little prick. What do you know? 
And it just troubled me. And then Christmas came around and he asked me what, and I always ask my children what they want for Christmas. And um, my son said to me, I'll tell you what, Dad, just give me three months of your life. I'll tell you what to eat. And I'll, and I'll tell you when to exercise and how to exercise. You give me them three months and I'll be a Christmas present for me. And he said, and after them three months, if you don't like what you see, you can eat what the fuck you want to die of a heart attack for all I care. And I said, son, I appreciate that. And I give him the three months. And in all honesty, bro, I've never looked back. I don't think my life would be the same without exercising. I mean, I, I mean, like doing like a, an hour of cardio and, and, and watching what I eat. And whereas before, it was like pasty and chips twice, please. Loads of salt, loads of vinegar. You know, as much as I, I like that, but I've sort of got a, I got a lead on that now. I control it. No, it's not sustainable, is it really, for a diet? <laughs> no, not. I mean, I, I, in all honesty, mate, I think if I'd have kept on the way I'm go I was going, I think I would have been dead by now. And that's wow. not because of and that's not because of drugs. I just think my heart couldn't took the fucking, you know, the, the eating and not exercising, doing. I mean, literally not doing nothing. I know I, I, I for a big guy, I running around and I look cool, and I, and I was never like, oh, I'm out of breath and I feel knackered. But you know, the heart can't take all that bigness around it. So I really, when my son said to me, Dad, give me the three months, um, and after the three months, you can do what the fuck you want. I was so after the three months, I just said, no, nah, I don't want to go back that way. And I've just kept up the exercise and it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I, I tell everyone who I meet, if you're, if you get in the gym, if you start doing a fucking 15 minute walk, it's starting somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. That, that first kind of initial period is always the hardest one, isn't it? If you're yeah, not, not used it to it. It really is. Fair, play. Fair fucking play. Um, uh, I saw Mikey post a photo of you four back together on Instagram um, and he said it felt like no time has passed at all. Did it feel like that for you too? Was it a bit you surreal? Know, or? It, it is, you know, I tell you what, it, 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 was, it was quite surreal being in a room with the boys because in all honesty, mate, like I said, two weeks ago, as far as I was saying, I ain't doing do nothing until October when we do this tour with Royal Republic, you know, and um, for me, it was like, it was surreal being in the room with each other. But as soon as we started playing, I thought, I wonder if the songs are going to feel as if, oh, mate, as soon as we started playing, I said, fuck Rio, so let's just go to download now. Because we, we just sounded that strong and that tight, you know? Straight away, no fucking around. And I mean, I'll be the first to say we sound shit, believe. But we, mm -hmm. it actually just fell into place like, like, like we rehearsed last week. So cool. Excellent. Uh, you're playing on the Sunday. Um, you kind of said you didn't even know you were playing until very, 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 very recently. Have you looked at the lineup? Are there any bands playing this weekend you'd be interested to catch yeah, or any friends um, to catch yeah. up with? I'm going to catch up with my friends from Bullet from my Valentine. They're a Welsh band. Uh, I'm going to catch up with Mr. Frank Turner. You know? Nice. Um, the Dan Pugs, they keep telling me about this neck, deep, deep neck. So uh, I neck deep, yeah. Yeah, definitely check them. Yeah, that's what he keeps telling me. So I definitely want to check. Check that out. Cool. So how'd you get on with the bullet guys? Because obviously you've got a you've got such a big, colourful, fun persona, and and Matt's like he's he's very kind of he's a bit more of a serious character. He's not always the first to kind of be forthcoming with the last and the jokes. You know what I mean? That's right. That, well, do you know what, bro? I mean, Pageant and and um, the boys, Pageant and and Matt, when they were kids, you know, they supported Skid Dread on their first tour. So wow. I think they always they always remember that and. When they did uh, Scream Aim Fire, I was around. They were recording it at a local place where I was. They were actually recording it at a boxing club that I used to go to. And they were in the basement recording that, Scream Aim Fire. And I was hanging around and Matt said, hey man, come on, do you want to sing on a song? Because I sang on their, their demo for, um, I think it was called John Eat John or some shit. 
But Jeff, Jeff, yeah, Jeff killed John. Jeff killed John. I actually sang on the demo, and Matt said, "Come on, bro, let's do it." Matt, you know, like I said, he's 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 not like you said, he's not one for fucking being Mister Entertainment, but you know, he's a serious dude, and he loves his music, and I can respect that, and he can respect what, what me, you know. So it's cool. We Fair may point. have a surprise. Bullet for my Valentine and Benji Webb may have a surprise for everybody on a download. But I ain't saying nothing because if I say. I told you already, don't tell me fuck off, my mouth's too big. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll leave it there, so it's still, still something yeah, leave it there, because you might say, you fucking mentioned it, no, we're not doing it, fuck you. So, so there you go. Good, nice. Um, is there something uniquely exciting about the fact that this download lineup is all British? And it's actually, when you look across the lineup, it's quite a modern feeling lineup compared to what a lot of, we often see at download, I guess, and, and I guess Donington. I mean, you've got bands, like, you got the bands who are on, I won't say the headlines, the bands that are on last, you know of them, but I like the fact that there's so many British bands on there that I've never heard of. And it's going to give, it's a, definitely an opportunity for, for all them bands to step up and show what they got and show what fucking Britain got. Because America, we love you and all that, but we got some cool fucking shit too, man. You know what I mean? And we don't celebrate ours enough. You know, we need, to, we need to really celebrate ours. Yeah, we know the American fucking people pay the bills for all our world, but we need to show the talent that we got. And I think this, this is a, definitely an opportunity that the British bands that are playing on there can shine and show, show the world what they got. Awesome. Absolutely. Um, is there anything else that we can hopefully expect from Skindred in the near future? I mean, we've got a tour coming up and you said there's an album coming. So I guess that's, that's quite a bit to concentrate yeah, on. Yeah, man, we got, we got that tour coming September, October with some good friends of ours from Germany called Royal Republic. Um, I've, the good thing about the lockdown, I spent, spent time working with my old friends from the band called Dub War. And we've, writ, uh, we've written a new album. Uh, it's got no label. We finished the songs, but what we did, because the original drummer from Dub War didn't want to do it no more, we got an amazing drummer from our hometown, Mikey Gregg. He played on six songs, but check this. We got Roy, Roy Miaga from fucking Stone Sour playing on one song, playing drums. We got Mike Borden from Faith No More playing on another drum. We've, wow. Yes, it made, it, the album is sounding fucking sick. And it's all done. It's just being mixed at the moment. We've got about four songs to mix. We've actually recorded a song with Mikey Dolan and Jamie from the band called Snot. And uh, yeah, and um, we got Tanner Wayne from In Flames. He's playing on another track. So we got, and don't forget, we got Dave from El Nino playing on another song with us. And also we got Spike, Spike Smith from, the, from Killing Joke playing on another song. And I just knew that all them drummers were going to be sat on going, fuck, I'm bored. So when I sent them the tracks and said, look, you know, could you, do you want to play on a dub war track? They, every one of them, jumped at the track, jumped at the chance and delivered. I can't wait for people to get the, for the record to be finished so I can start popping it out there. But I've had, a, I've had a, such a productive time during this lockdown, during the three of the fuckers. Yeah. That's absolutely amazing. Well, thanks. Um, I'm so glad that that's all coming up. It's going to be a really exciting time for you, obviously. And uh, yeah, we'll see you at Download in a Wicked. couple of days. I can't believe I'm saying yeah. that. Yeah, I know, right? Download in a few days. Whoop, whoop. Thank you so much for um, listening to me. And um, I hope I made sense, man. All right, that is it from Benji and I, and that means it is it for this week's show as well. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We appreciate you. We love you. We'll be back next week when L, Stephen, and myself 
we'll be reviewing Download Pilot 2021, the festival no one thought they'd be seeing happening. It's happening this weekend. We're going to be there. Uh, we'll bring you all the essential bands that you need to know about from the weekend, all the gossip from around the festival. We'll let you know all the details about how we actually got in, how all the testing worked. It's really, really interesting stuff to see how they've managed to miraculously bring this event together. So we'll be back next week with all of that on Thursday. Don't forget to tune in. Uh, and also, don't forget to get your exclusive Killstar discount and to get entered to that really cool £100 gift card draw. Go to killstar.com slash pages slash metal pods. We'll see you next week. Cheers, everybody.